0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of jujitsu radio before we get started i just want to say a big thank you to everyone for all the support on the podcast i know it's been a while since i put out an episode 2021 kicked my butt and 2022 is actually starting off great just finished doing an event with pillow fighting championships i got a ton of stuff in the works bringing back sonder marketing to the forefront of my daily work duties so i can't wait to get out more content for all of you before we get this episode started i just want to say a big thank you to all my sponsors Chokaloha, uh jujitsu soap co and ajg fight i just want to say thank you for all the support if you guys are interested in getting the hookup from any one of our sponsors check out the description below or wait until the end of the video for more information on how you can use promo codes to get a special discount on any one of their products now before i start this episode i just want to give you a heads up there were some audio issues that we had to deal with because of the connection uh Um, My guest today took the time out of his busy work schedule, so we had to do it just kind of on the fly. It was a very last minute kind of podcast. Uh, I did my best I could to clean up the audio. I understand some of these sections might be a little bit tough, but just tough it out because some of the information is really, really important, and it's something that I feel strongly about that we really need to get the message out there when it comes to MMA, not only in Florida, but around the country and around the globe to really give the fighters um, the best future in their careers when it comes to MMA. Now with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and don't forget to join me weekly on Twitch For some awesome gaming, got friends from all over the world that join me. Just go to twitchtv karajitsu. And with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Catch you on the next one.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Today, I am excited to have a
0: Marine vet, MMA striking coach, Coach Vern. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, thank you for your service. Let me start off with that, but thank you for taking the time to jump in on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me today. I'm excited to be on your show, and you know, I, I look forward to a good discussion. and You know, it it just this is what I love to do.
0: So let's kind of give a background first on who you are first, just to get that out of the way. So people know your background, who you are, and then we'll get into the the nitty gritty of the, the real point of the conversation. So just kind of give me your background, like where you're from, where you got started, how you got into martial arts, everything.
2: Absolutely. I'm originally from Clovis, New Mexico. I started boxing whenever I was a kid. Everybody's got the story about how they were into a boxer. I really was. That's where I started. Um, you know, fought for a few years as a teenager, going to the Marine Corps out of high school. After the Marine Corps, I had nothing to do but get in trouble. A friend of mine said, Hey, I can get you in a full contact fight. This is the early 2000s. I was nervous as all hell and thought I was going to get the shit kicked out of me. And- Went in and recoded in about 23 seconds, and felt like man, this is where I belong uh, in the Marine Corps. You know, the uh, honor of being able to learn some great Muay Thai and kickboxing from from uh, an amazing crew and a great kickboxing coach. Had a chance to train with the Marine Corps boxing team for a little bit, you know. So I mean, my striking was uh, pretty versed. Uh, it's mission grappling, you know. So I mean, mixed martial arts was just kind of a love of my life. From the early 2000s, and here we are, 20 years later
0: that's awesome so you you came in you 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 started coaching and now you're training out of a1 boxing but your training is actually the v10 training that's your that's your school correct
2: yes yeah that's correct we uh are glenn goodson runs a1 boxing out of colorado an amazing uh gym owner yeah you know he gives a lot of coaches an opportunity to go ahead and you know, coach their people out of the gym. It's a large space, but we're the only mixed martial arts program out of that. So we've got a good, you know, half cage setup, a lot of mats, you know, we put in a lot of work. And that's where, that's where V10 is born
0: That's awesome. So you, you've been coaching now for how long?
2: I've been coaching in total about 15 years. That's you know, awesome. Previous to this, I own and ran Child's Play mixed martial arts here in Colorado. I ran it for about seven, seven eight years, coached and had the pleasure to work with some of the best talent that's came out of Colorado. Uh, you know, in 2017, I decided to shut down just because I was over the politics of it.
1: You know, got in
2: a, a bad business deal with a coach that didn't have the same business I did. In 2018, at 40 years old, I came out of retirement just locked and started knocking out young guys again and had a lot of my old fighters say, hey, coach, what's going on, man? Are, are we doing this again or what? So, you know, we started building this again and early, uh, of 2021, you know, we decided to get back to work.
0: You can't get that fight spirit out of the Marine, huh?
2: Never can, man. <laughs> yeah, um, you- the beautiful thing about it was, it was my first opponent back out of retirement. At 40 years old, was an Army veteran, about 10 years younger than me. Put him, put him away in 53 seconds, broke his ribs, broke a hand of his, you know. I mean, I never re- w- wished ill will on anybody, but it was a lot of fun to go in there and know I'm still dangerous. Uh, you know, took another fight, short notice. Knocked the kid out in the second round. Fought on a military guard, dubbed Army Bases Marines. Put the kid away in the third round. Knocked him out of cold. You know that's a great fight. If anybody wants to look it up Burnie versus Woodson, you'll have fun watching it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go look it up. Uh, you might want to try put, like bringing the phone a little bit closer, just because the mic does keep on cutting out. But I think you'd be all right. So with that other way, I think we can safely say that no one's gonna sit there and question your amount of time. Coaching, fighting—like you've been around the block, you've basically seen it all. Just like any one of us that have been doing this for a long time.
2: Yeah, so I—I've I, been in the game for a long time, and even in the, the time that I took off, you know, uh, from coaching 2017 to 2021, you know, not a whole lot in the game. Changed. Different technique, new toys for people to play with, different type of bag, everything else. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's making You know. It, Emotions are put on to provide a platform for young fighters that are involved in combat sports. It's no difference in boxing, kickboxing, more Uh You know, it's, I mean, I, I've definitely been in the game for a few years, you can say
0: that. Yeah, so now the reason why um, we connected and I reached out to you is you coached a fighter by the name of Jack Willoughby at the Last Rise FC fight down here in South Florida. Uh, was it was January 22nd. And I've only been able to see just kind of everything that was being posted in regards to the event leading up to it. There was a couple of things that I saw uh, in regards to the promotion, just kind of like screwing over fighters and stuff. But then when I started seeing your posts in regards to the conditions of the back, um just in the training and everything or the the prepping rather for the fighters it kind of just sparked my interest because it looked like it's very easy to see one person complaining about a promotion and saying like oh that's just someone that maybe was just you know ill prepared or wasn't wasn't ready to to go show out it might have been their first rodeo but that's not the case here it became a thing where it's several people had complaints, had text messages that they were posting up showing how they were getting treated by Rise FC. So I don't want to sit there and be like partial. I try to be as impartial as possible. So I just want to get from from your point of view and your experience, just kind of fill me in really on the details and, and put the pieces together for me. You know, what happened leading up to the fight? Because I know that there was issues with, uh, I guess, uh, Jack having to do a catch weight, and then like the opponent was like way more heavier than he was, and then things that happened backstage. So just kind of fill me in on on what actually happened.
2: Well, you know, it was it was some of the craziest experience I've had in the twenty years that I've been involved in mixed martial arts. You know, I mean, it started you know with the weigh-ins. You know, that damn I mean, communication leading up to that was fair. I'm an impartial coach. I'm non-biased about anybody. I hear there's a lot of. Concerns with some of the promotions down there in the Florida, the Southern Florida area, you know, and I went out there, you know, with a non-biased opinion, you know, I've never heard of Ry- Ryza FC until uh, Jack agreed to this fight. Jack previously was an independent fighter. He agreed to it. Uh, you know, so now that he's with our gym, I'm not going to leave a fighter hanging. I decided to go ahead and buy a ticket. You know, uh, we had another fighter that was supposed to compete on the card. He fell off the card two days in advance. It was supposed to be a title fight. You know, it's uh, unfortunate because I feel like you would be sitting here with a title also. You know, it just, it's important. But getting out there today and, you know, we checked in. Things seemed like they were on the up and up. problem was the commission, or not necessarily the commission, the officiating crew that was there seemed to have no control over what was happening. No time, no type of time control. Uh, you know, it came down to when I finally had an opportunity to weigh in. We have been and 15 minutes almost an hour and a half, uh, his opponent went to the, the promoter to say, hey, I have to leave by 630 and pick somebody up. So they agreed to let him weigh in. So I stopped the promoter and I said, hey, if you weighing in, Jack weighing in. You know, we're going to get these guys to weigh in at the same time. Uh, we walked in the back, the official that was there, I found out his name is John Rivera. Uh, you know, he immediately asked, host, hey, so did you guys agree to a catch-away? And I said, what do you mean, a him? I said, the weight's right there on your paperwork, it's a 155-pound fighter, you know? So, Jack weighed in, 155 pounds on the guy. His opponent stepped on the scale, 171.2 pounds. Wow. Most weight by 16.2 pounds. And at that point, you know, Jack was, you know, a, a little bit heated. You know, I'm going to keep my composure, I'm going to take care of my fighters. So I asked the promotion, They're not the promotion, but the official, and I said, what is he got his policy here on this? And he said, "Well, you know, we give the guy an hour to cut two pounds, so that he gets under 170 pounds." And I said, "Well, that's still a way fight, you know. I mean, we're happy to go ahead and rehydrate, grab, and bring him up. We'll take it, welcome." And at that point, I thought, you know, the officials going to give him that few hours. Instead, they went ahead and just wrote down his weight in 171.2. He showed up the next night on Williams. It was supposed to be a hydration cap. He just never tried to never tried to cut. That's what it was. He showed up on the night of weigh-ins or the night of the fight at 178 pounds, so he didn't put on a lot of weight, you know, which wasn't a big deal. Jack was about 164 pounds, so there's still a sizable difference. And not being a hydration pack, you know, as far as the kid not even trying to put weight, now Jack had suddenly not jumped up one to two weight classes. You know, we flew out of the out of pocket We, uh, you know, Jack bought his own ticket. I bought me and the rest of the team's ticket. You know, thank God we got great sponsors. You know, but I mean, outside of that, we go out there, the fight scratched, and we just flew out there for nothing.
0: So, hold on. So, let, let's go back. So, Jack comes in on 155. Yep. There was nobody approached you, like, approached you guys whatsoever before you even got close to the scale saying, hey, would you guys be interested in doing a catch weight?
2: Not at all. Jack's opponent actually, you know, just, Jack's a nice guy. Even though he's going to fight you. He's a, a respectful, courtesy uh, young man, you know, very courteous. And he actually approached his opponent and said, Hey, man, let's put on a great show tomorrow night. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's give the fans something to talk about. And, you know, at that point, they discussed weight. And his opponent mentioned, Hey, I think I'm just a little overweight. You know, my scale doesn't work so well at home. That's all we heard. Right. So, until the official said, Oh, so you guys agreed to attach him.
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can say I'm a little overweight. I'm not going to say that I'm like 16 pounds off of weight. Like I'm like, that's, that's a huge difference. I mean, I and I can understand it. Like maybe the opponent that's sitting there is trying to cover his ass because he wants to fight. But at that point, I mean, you're talking about, and i and I can say this from having cornered a fighter whose opponent came in 10 pounds overweight and they just didn't even care. And that was that's a whole different issue. So and I know exactly the way that stuff runs down here. I've done it plenty of times. But the fact that no one even came up to you guys and said, hey, there's a possibility, like the promoter should have come up to you and said, Hey, there's a possibility that this guy isn't gonna make weight. Do you guys wanna like catch like do a catch weight? And there, was there even talk about like the purse or anything like that because of the weight?
2: No, there there was no talk about that. Jackson, amateur fighter, so he didn't rate it first. Right, uh, but you know, at the very least, you know, you just said a it perfect. It's courtesy, it's respect from them. Say, hey, we know your opponent's going to be over. You guys want to check the weight real quick? And maybe start rehydrating. You know, give us a clue uh, before the weigh-in. But I mean, there, there's just nothing. We had no clue until. So off. there
0: was, there there wasn't even anything like, hey, like we'll we'll just pay you guys like a, a little bit, like just to take the fight, whatever, nothing.
2: Nothing. No, no. Hey, let, let us help you with your travel. No, sponsorship. Uh, no, nothing along the lines of let us make it worth your time. Since you were professional, you showed up on time, on weight. Your opponent was late and significantly overweight. Uh, you know, there was just no offense. We, we were there and ready to fight. And then, like, I mean,
0: obviously, so who was running the, the actual weights themselves? Like, who was, was it? The, the Florida Commission or what was it?
2: I'm not. I'm not sure, really. Uh, my understanding is, I guess, the Florida Boxing Commission yeah. had control over the amateur, system. The amateur mixed martial arts. System. So I'm really not sure of, of what the officiating body was, uh, or who they were. I heard from a commission official that amateurs and amateur promotions can hire a number of different officiating organizations. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm really unclear about that. It's confusing to me. Out here in Colorado, the Colorado Boxing Commission has full control over all combat sports. No matter uh, what the facet is—boxing, kickboxing, mma they run amateurs, they run on pros. They are in charge of absolutely everything. Uh, my understanding is, Florida Commission has petitioned to take charge of the scene. and I really think it's going to benefit them if they can control that.
0: Well, that that'll probably kind of put a debate on because, uh, like, we definitely don't have the best commission. Like, I can sit there and say that from a fact. There, there's. I've seen plenty of sketchy stuff happen here and there with that. So, But, I mean, that's with any fight sport, right? Like, stuff happens pretty much anywhere. But something is better than nothing.
2: Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you expect things to happen. You yeah. expect people to show up just run all the way and You expect somebody to miss by a pound or two. I, we, we didn't even know that in Florida you can miss, I guess, weight up to seven pounds as an amateur and still make the fight. You know, had that been the case, we would have brought Jack and made 160 pounds. And yeah, stuff
0: like that. I mean, that, and that's the worst part. I mean, Jack went in like a pro, hit the 155, dehydrated, did everything he did. Excuse me. Meanwhile, the opponent didn't really do anything. He's just gonna walk up and just be whatever.
2: Yeah, he he showed up. I mean, and that's exactly what it was. It was just kind of whatever. You know, he yeah. seemed like yeah. a good enough kid. Uh, you know, but just. You know, he he actually had the audacity to thank me and Jack after weighing in for being professional and showing up on late. So I was like, Hey buddy, you know, appreciate it. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: thanks. Like yeah. I mean Okay, I mean that's just that's just kinda of mind blowing. Did the kid's coach talk to you at all?
2: He didn't have a coach there, he was there by himself. By himself? Even on fight night, I'm not sure there was one guy in his corner and I believe his wife or girlfriend and it was a young female. I you know, so i mean he represented a gym called mma masters
0: yeah yeah no mma masters is a is a is a huge gym like everybody knows mma masters i mean they got like pros ufc fighters coming out there
1: yeah, so, that's, yeah
2: that's what kind of threw me for a loop is the kid represented mma masters that's what they announced him out of but he didn't have a coach or a corner not that i was aware of right uh, we never spoke to anybody we spoke to the kids we talked to the commission Started to leave after wins just to get called back for medicals, you know, and that was kind of my experience on the way.
0: Right. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, that, I mean, to, to sit there and say you're representing MMA Masters, like, is pretty big. That's not, like, a small title to have, uh, like, by your name. So, all right, so, I mean, because that's pretty nutty to, to begin with. And like I said, I've been in that situation like cornering a fighter where the person came in 10 pounds overweight and the promoters, they're just kind of like, they usually end up just trying to kiss your ass, be like, hey, you know, like we really can't afford to lose another fight. Like, would you mind taking it at a catchway, whatever? But like the fact that not even the promoter came up to you to talk to you about it?
2: Not at all. The promoter didn't talk to us. The matchmaker didn't talk to us about it. The young lady that was checking people didn't talk to us about it. You know, I, I thought it was hilarious. I felt like it might have been, you know, I mean, in person, I'm not the scariest person, but I'm fairly intimidated. And the fact that you know, I take initiative and I was in such yeah. a situation
1: because
2: I'm yeah. not guy at all. You know, I, I kind of felt like I had to tell the official what to do and how to make it to fight, you know, just for it not to happen that way anyway. And after that, I felt like they were just like, oh, they're going to take fight. So we don't have to say anything Okay. That's disappointing fact. is just like, all right, well, now that your medical is done, guys, we'll see you tomorrow.
0: So then, even after the weigh ins and everything's done, nobody approached you guys anything to discuss about the catch weight or anything like that?
2: We didn't hear from anybody related to the promotion until the next morning. I had wow. a lady by the name of Kate shoot me a text and say, hey, is everything good to go for you guys and your fighters today? That was it. And I said, yep, we'll be get the. the venue, Jack is ready to fight. You know, that's the only reason why, you know, here in Colorado, I scratched that fight all day. day. The promotion, yeah. had, the commission was scratch that fight all day, every day. But after seeing this kid show up, seeing, you know, he just didn't even have a look in his eye. I told Jack, hey, I'm not going to yank this out from underneath you if you want to fight. So he said, coach, I absolutely want this. I'm, I'm pissed off. I want to fuck this kid up. You know, let's fight. And I said, all right, you know, I'm in your corner. Let's rock and roll.
0: Yeah, I mean that's there's there's no other way you can really do that. I mean, did, so here's my question, and, and granted, um, it's I guess in the end it's really none of my business. But did Jack pay for his own flight, or did they pay for the flight for him to come out?
2: Jack paid for his own flight. He yeah, paid, he, he paid out of pocket for his own flight um, after we discussed this. Once he joined my team, I wasn't gonna leave him hanging. So you know, I flew myself, uh, three, two other coaches out there, and the fighter who was supposed to also play so i mean i came out of pockets for about 1500 bucks to fly out there jack spent about 300 bucks of his own money you know it just for five of us to be there only right? because tickets were already purchased when we found out two days before the event that the title fight was off my other fighter wouldn't fight
0: yeah that's yeah i mean there's there's literally i that's that's a dick move at the end of the day, that's a dick move because you guys aren't gonna say no. You you spent what fifteen hundred? He spent three hundred. Like you're not gonna sit there and yeah. say no when you already have that much money invested. You're gonna say like fuck it. It's experience that I need to get anyway. I'm here. Like I'm not gonna go home after having cut weight, done all the training. Like your coach is here. There's there's no fighter that's gonna say no.
2: No, absolutely, and that's kind of where Jack is at. He's gonna hold for your manager, you know. There's- his first fight, I guess, the opponent missed way by about two pounds. he came in at on 154 pounds. You know, no big deal, he's young, he's an independent fighter at that time. Now, you know, in the, in the promotion, the kicker, is they even try to take credit for hooking Jack up with you know, just because they've messaged him me to say, hey, there's this young independent fighter out there in Denver, maybe, you know, he's a good asset. Well, he is a pretty good asset, you know, so thank you guys for that, but... The shitty thing is they're cracking all over those fighters, man. I mean, yeah. you know, Jack could have went out there independent this time kind of fighting a they 16.2 pounds over. His head would have been all fucked up. You know, he wouldn't have been ready to fight. He would have been like, what do I do? You know, I'm not going to fight this guy.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there's there's so many other factors you got to take into consideration, too. Like, Jack's probably super dehydrated because he's cutting weight to hit 155. The other guy's 16 pounds over. He's not yeah. worrying about being dehydrated, even, it, even if he cut, let's say, 10 pounds or whatever that's super easy to make up in that 24 hours compared to jack who's probably going to have to try and recover like a good 15 20 like yeah. and so you're you're already risking severe brain damage from the dehydration alone and you're you're already somewhat depleted compared to someone who's regaining back let's say 90 percent compared to jack 75 percent because of, he went the extra mile to cut the weight
2: yeah absolutely
0: so yeah that's that's just a that's a sketchy move i mean i've seen it i've seen it it's just really a promoter trying to cover their ass to to make sure that they have enough fights because then it becomes a whole issue but i mean man that's a huge risk that you guys had to take considering it's an amateur show like you shouldn't yeah. be putting your amateur fighters to that you shouldn't put anybody into that kind of situation but let alone I mean, like your amateurs you got to take care of them
2: yeah absolutely you really shouldn't and i mean it's like even as a coach you know i'll put myself out there to say you know what i probably should have still scratched the fight but i wouldn't going to take away the opportunity and the experience from that yeah you know yeah. i mean it put me in a hard spot as a coach because like you said you're in colorado i scratched that otherwise said, no, you know yeah. we want the kids suspended uh, we want his, his gym, you know, talk to, you know, from the commission saying, guys, you got to do better. We expect better. You know, at the end of the day, and whenever we start to talk about fight night in a few minutes, it, it all comes down to fighter safety. Yeah. You're talking about being depleted, dehydrated. you know, potential, you know, not only physical damage, you know, why cutting weight like that? Because there's always that possibility. Yeah. But you can risk, you know, a heart you can risk, you know, brain damage, such as you said. You know, the thing is, we do we great weight cutting methods. But at the same time, it makes me scared scared for my own father. You know, by saying, man, you're putting me you at risk by putting me in there with a guy that's easily 20 pounds heavier than me. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, it just, you know, it, it, the pros and cons of it from a coach's standpoint is you can see whenever somebody tried to do something such as cut weight, and you can see whenever they didn't give a shit. you know? Yeah. Whatever was happening in their life. What really threw me from the loop is the kid didn't try to cut weight at all. The promotion didn't give a shit about the weight difference, the indifference, and there was nobody to speak up for that kid, you know, which, you know, maybe, who knows what's going on in his life. Right? He should have had a coach owner or, or somebody there, especially since such a prestigious gym out there in Southern Florida.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's weird. Like, that's something that, like, I, I can't even say anything because that part I don't know any of the details on. So I don't know where the kid came from, like, what's going on, like you know, with his coaches, like MMA masters, whatever, like, I'm sure I'll run into him in the next whatever couple of weeks, just from like the, the work that I do down here enough that I can sit there and be like, Hey, you know what happened with this guy where I can find out for myself. But even then at the end of the day, it comes down to the promotion, but it also puts you in a bad spot. Like we said, cause it's like, Jack is a grown man for sure, but he still looks at you as the coach. Like, Hey coach, you know, what do we do? And it's like, you got to throw it back on him. It's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. You know? So I mean I get it. So all right, so now we know that situation with the weight cut. So now we gonna like we get to the next day, fight night, lead me, uh, or just kinda guide me through so what happened on fight night.
2: Yeah, on fight night, you know, I mean, this is, this is really what blew my mind. I mean, the way in blew my mind from the weight indifference you know, between the two and the uh, officials seemingly not knowing how to handle it, you know, to move forward. The promotion, not speaking up, not saying anything. Nobody coming forward to talk to say, at least offer the quality, say, hey, guys, get started. You know, if you want to fight, awesome. If not, like you said, hey, let us help you out with your ticket or something. You know, on the actual flight day, we we arrive on time. We got to be there at 4 p.m. Flights are set to start at 6 p.m. We sit in a room, you know, around the cage for over an hour. It seems like they're backtracked on the time by at least an hour, no matter what they do. But we sit in this big room, all fighters, all coaches, everybody around where the cage is for an hour. They won't show us where the dressing room is, they won't give us any kind of hint about where we get set up, you know, coaches, where they put their bags, you know, so they have a sticker. And then finally, they say, "All right, you know, the official talks to everybody. Says we're gonna lead you back to the dressing." And they lead us back, and we're walking through a warehouse. I shit you not, probably a quarter of a mile walk. You know, it's no big deal. Yeah. Like it, you know, you got something. Madison Square Garden. You got a walk. You know, I mean, it really is what this. But we walk back there, and you know, between a bunch of moving boxes, seem like they're loading furniture. They put us in this corner next to the skating rink at Extreme Action Park. You know, with this open space where the music's blowing, nobody can hear each other even talk. You know, if maybe yeah. three feet apart, you know, we got to talk in our, our, our outside voice order to hear each other.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: and I mean, uh, all this is just kind of insane to me. I'm like, wow, this is definitely weird. Then we start seeing screws on the ground where they got us some addressing, like like three inch screws. Like yeah. You know, hey, there's a drywall screw that got knocked out. You know, it was a three-inch screw. We see ladders, you know, that aren't even stood up against the wall, but leaned over boxes. You know, they've got the dressing rooms separated by curtains, no mats on the ground for fighters to warm up on, which I guess, you know, in today's modern MMA, you know, I guess that's going to happen sometimes where promotions don't provide that. I haven't seen in 17 years, you know, because it's dangerous for a fighter to warm up on the ground. You're warming up on concrete. You're going to fuck your body up, to smack your head, you know, anything like that. But the real kicker to me was the industrial scissor lift that we want to out of the dressing room. Yeah. Two big industrial scissor lifts, you know, uh, you know, where a uh, fighter can't even warm up on its feet. If you're dancing around trying to get a shake out with one of your coaches, you take three or four steps back the wrong direction, man, the fight's already scratched.
0: Yeah. I say like for for everybody that's listening, I have very extensive knowledge of that venue. I done a lot of work in there. I've um, you know, that's actually the place where H K three sixty where Henry Hooft had the um, the former Black Zillions team that's like where Henry Ho moved his team and I'd go there God knows how many times a week to go photograph P90X or P90X PXE um, has their gym right there. Like there I I know that place inside and out more than than the than the janitor. So I know exactly the the location, what it looks like. So from yeah. doing shows, I've done Titan FC. I when I used to work with Titan FC, I've done shows in there. So I know exactly how good it can look and how bad it can look. I never had that issue with with Titan FC. There was never any of that issue. Lex always made sure the fighters had mats. There was, even though it was just curtains, there'd be curtains that'd be separating them, but there was never anything in the way. The only thing you would ever have to worry about is production cables that went from the back towards the cage, and that was always taped down. That was always safety. So the fact that they would even allow that Is insane that that's insane that they would think that's okay to have for fighters to have out there So now here's the thing. So I'm gonna start putting everything up here on the video for those that are watching on YouTube You guys took some photos and videos showing that you had to go and take the moving mats, which are just blankets You went and you just had to go find them to lay them down on the floor and that was your practice mat
2: well, feel, feeling like we were already walking into just a failed situation, I kind of spotted them on the walk-in. Right. So I told uh, two of my guys, uh, Coach Allen Washington and the other fighter who had said to compete, Andrew Hathaway, I, I told them, hey, grab a handful of this. And they did, and we walked to the back, and I just had a feeling, and no match, you know, and I, and I felt like it was already, you know, just kind of set up, you know, and not with fighters safety, and, and, and the first thing that shouldn't be in their mind, Yes. they came to the fight you know, so, I mean, it just, you know, it's kind of the intuition that it came to true. We get back there, we had to find those. They actually rolled the, the cart that had moving blankets off away to where other fighters couldn't get anymore. You know, which is a super fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we had, the, you know, the ability to snap four or five of them before, you know, they rolled the cart away and didn't allow anybody else to get in it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that was our match. That's where We, that, that, wow. we had Wow, stack them on top of each other again. Jack a three quarters of an inch off the, off the concrete.
0: So, all right, so let's t- take a step back. You When you walked in, did you check in with anybody, or you just kind of had to find your own way?
2: No, we, we walked in and we checked in with the same uh, person that was checking us in at
0: Right. Lady. So did she say practice area is that way, and that was it?
2: No, he, actually, we waited on the official to- to show up and tell all, the us hey guys, we're gonna walk you around to the practice area, the warm up and whenever they did just on the walk, you know, seeing those in the warehouse, seeing the moving blankets, I told my guys, let's snag some of those. You know, we might need them back there. Right. And the moment they walked us around by the egg on the back side of the warehouse, no mats, no nothing. You know, so I, I, I was happy that we grabbed it.
0: So, what did you say to to the official?
2: I, I, I lost my shit, really. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I lost my shit. And I mean, I, I started looking at anybody that had an official shirt on or had a promotion shirt on that said a Rise FC on it or anything like that and just started questioning. question. I'm like, guys, where, where's the match at? I said, you don't got mats for fighters? I, I said, this is dangerous right here. This is a safety concern, a, a safety protocol. It should be protocol for you to have these back here. I went and tracked down the same lady that checked the same thing. I asked her about it she said oh yeah let me see and i mean she seemed confused that i even asked her
1: yeah, yeah.
2: i believe this was maybe the first time she was in the position she was mm-hmm. uh, that's what she said anyway i'm not sure uh you know it, but it, it was just she's like let me see if we can find some the, the only thing they eventually brought back was probably about a quarter inch thin uh, foam piece that looked like it was something filled between furniture that that like puzzle mat stuff not not even puzzle mass stuff. This was one solid piece. It looked like it was, you know, showed between an impact for the furniture. It, it wasn't even puzzle mass, man. It was it was insane. It was probably an eighth of an inch, maybe a quarter, about three feet wide and about six feet long. That's what they brought back for the two wrestling rooms.
0: How many pieces did they bring? Just one.
2: Just one. That was it.
0: Shut the f- wow.
2: Seriously, I mean that that was it, and. I mean, we, we had, I forgot the gentleman's name. It was wrapping hands for them. He seemed like he knew his stuff, you know, I mean, as far as wrapping hands. I,
0: bald guy, bald guy with tattoos. Uh,
2: Fuck, he had a hat on, I don't
0: know. That's uh, probably my boy, Brendan. So, yeah, like there's, there's only usually two guys that do like rapping down here, maybe yeah. another one, and it's usually Brendan or, or Ben, I think. So, most likely, I know the guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, whichever, whichever guy was back there, he seemed like the only person that knew what the hell he was there for. Everybody yeah. else seemed like they had direction. Nobody knew who was signing off on wraps, taking care of anything. I actually asked him, hey, can I just get two tapes of guys and a, a roller tape and I'll wrap jack. I'll take care of my guy myself.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, and I mean, he was pretty busy trying to wrap up people, you know. So I mean, it's but the crazy thing was this is this is why I've been brought him up is his table, to wrap the fighters is right in the middle of our dressing room, which is five feet away from the industrial scissors, which yeah. limited more space for fighters to be able to stretch, warm out, get loose, try not to be you know in danger before they actually got in the cage. I mean, fighters should do two things: they should train and they should fight. Yeah, and all the bullshit should be taken care of. My coach's corner, medical professionals, the promotion, everything else. They shouldn't go to the back of a dressing room or a warm-up area. we risk a man, if I roll, or if I step, or if I, you know, do anything, I'm going to hurt myself back here before I ever get in the coach.
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, like that I've seen. That I've seen a, a lot of times on, like, the small promotions where they're, you know, it's always blown my mind. Um, down here there's a, there's one of those country bars called Renegades and they would do fights there and like the warm up area and the rapping area was like a corner booth that they just took the table out of. So yeah. stuff like that like and I've seen it which is I get it when it's a smaller promotion that like you know some of that stuff like comes in but if you're taking a place like Extreme Action Park that's not cheap man. Extreme Action Park mm-hmm. isn't a cheap spot to sit there and do a show at. Like it costs some money to sit there and rent that out. So if you got that kind of money, you got money for puzzle mats and a spot for the people to train. Because it's a it's a giant warehouse. So for people that don't know, that entire building was it used to be uh, what's called a Mars Music. It was a giant music center. I knew that place inside and out also because I used to go take guitar lessons there. I know that spot. There's tons of room out there. So unless someone got super cheap and they only wanted to have that little spot or they just did not give an absolute crap about the fighters There's no reason why you don't have enough space because you there's there's a The roller skating rink, there's a car uh, Like showroom there. They have escape rooms there. They have the basketball courts. They have the whole entire arcade. They have a, uh, a Go-kart place they have like like the like uh, I guess like a ninja warrior kind of setup, like rope course, like on the roof. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of space. There's no reason why guys are sitting there and training or warming up rather next to the scissor lift on top of screws. And yeah. for people that don't know, uh, obviously if you can't see it through the through the videos, um, the floor is concrete. It's slick paved concrete. So the slightest drop of water, you're slipping. You're 100% slipping. There's nothing that you can do about it. You're going to slip, and you're going to hurt yourself, especially if you're sitting there and doing it on top of moving blankets. Those are just going to slip, too, and it's okay. there's no cushion. So, like, it makes no sense. So so you got no no help from that whatsoever?
2: No, we got, we got no help. I mean, they brought that one little thin piece of foam. I don't know where they got it from. Uh, took the moving blankets away from us, trying to pad the area more that was it that 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 was the best of it you know i mean it, it was just insane it was no other way to say it you know i haven't experienced anything like that in a long time i mean the worst i've ever actually had was you know in 2002 I was, or 2003 i was warming up in a dressing room with my opponent you know and, and one little room for everybody and we went out and fought on one inch thick map with the people sitting around yeah no, room, no cage nothing i mean that that was, that was probably a little crazy that's You know been a been a few
0: months yeah no i mean even if you go to a jiu-jitsu tournament they're going to have a like a little practice mat area so there's no reason why someone that can sit there and afford to have a cage set up and rent out extreme action park is not going to be able to get you guys like practice mats it's just stupid to me that's just and again that's one of the the big issues like we do have that issue here in south florida there's a lot of scummy promoters there's a lot of really cheap people or guys that don't have the money to really invest but they're gonna just take advantage that we have so many hungry fighters. They're like, oh, well, they'll, they'll fight anyway, if you guys really about that life. And that's the thing that I always think is funny. People use this stupid excuse, like if you really wanna be a fighter, you're gonna have to go through it. It's like, man, this isn't you know 1998. We're not sitting there doing like UFC one. This isn't something, we're not fighting backstreet. You wanna look like a like professional promotion. Listen, I'll tell you, there's a promotion here that I have ripped apart before because they rented out the exhibition center that we have in Palm beach. It's huge. they have like just giant like expos and stuff in there. They rented it out, had a big show. It was so empty that they were playing fake crowd noises like on the overhead. So it's like, when you hear that, it's like, Oh, this is the show that we're at. This is the show that we're at. Yeah. Um, I forget what it was called. I want to say it was like underground, uh, something like what? that underground FC or something.
2: Well, you you know, from my understanding, people who watched the live stream said, oh, it looked pretty good. And that that seemed to be the basis of their concern. How How do we look on TV? How do we look on a live stream? You know, the fights were postponed for an hour, nearly an hour and a half. Uh, because the live stream wasn't working. You know, they had to shoot it out first. I mean, it, it just seemed like there was no give a shit about the fighters.
0: Yeah. Did um, did anybody tell you guys about the shooting incident at the last, or I guess it wasn't the last Rise, but it was at the Rise of C the shooting I, incident? I heard about it
2: pri- prior to us going out there, actually. yeah, That's what kind of made me cautious. <laughs> that, that, that's why when they started to walk us back into a moving warehouse and I saw moving blankets, I'm like, we should probably grab it. Right. They, I mean, I just, I, I had somebody to reach out to me the moment they sent me post that, hey, I'm going out of Florida. Uh, you know, one of my new fighters is fighting out there. And then whenever they see me tag the promotion they're, they're like, man, watch out. You know, people are shooting. The
0: that's when you're like, you're right in that borderline between like fight coach to like the old Marine kicking in. It's like, we're going to need those resources, guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. That's when, you know, you uh, you know, your entrance and exit points, your strategy. <laughs> You know, the good thing is my assistant coach Allen Washington, he, he's an old vet also, you know, Jack himself is a, is a vet, he's an Air Force vet, you know, I don't give him too much of a hard time. I mean, <laughs> we you
0: know, can't, can't all be winners, Jack, it's all right.
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, but hey, he, he destroyed his opponent, you know, so we're happy about that.
0: Gotcha. So, man, that that part's crazy, and like, like I said, I'll, I'm going to play the videos, uh, I'll have the videos playing on and off so we can see it. Um, so they call you guys in, The it's time to go start fighting, like walk us through like the rest of the night.
2: So, you know, I mean, like I said, again, the fights were postponed for an hour and 15 or 20 minutes or more uh, before they finally got the stream up and decided to let the first fight take place. You know, just the difference to give you clarity about Colorado Commission, is the Colorado Commission, if they tell you, hey, your start time is this and you agree this is our start time, that's your start time. It doesn't matter yeah. about your team. It doesn't matter about who, who, whose asses are in the seats. It doesn't matter. You know, what matters is, you know, you sign an agreement that said this, and you're going to follow this. You know, that's the difference, you know, and what I've been kind of spoiled by now, I guess, for the last 12 years out here. You know, but the rest of the night, you know, they finally start getting fighters going. We're warming up Jack. I wrap his hands. We get him wrapped. It doesn't seem like anybody that's in the background about it or in the back room, the warm-up room, where who's signing on the gloves or, or the hand wrap? Nobody's really inspecting and checking. I mean, I think they're loading him with, with quarters in his hands. Nobody's inspecting shit. You know, they're just kind of looking at it and said, "Oh, that looks like a good wrap," and then signing a signature on it. That's it. You know, I, I didn't get you guys' name. I think it was Tony or something like that. I believe uh, my understanding was he was part of with the officials. I'm not sure, but he disappeared multiple times on us. Where I had to ask a volunteer at one point, "Hey, who, who's putting the red red tape on Jack's gloves?" So we know that they're that. So like,
0: no. So nobody was sitting there overseeing the the wrapping.
2: Oh no! I mean, we wow, the same guy that signed off on Jack's gloves. You know, he actually told Jack he kind of chuckled about it and walked away. He said. Yeah, he said, you know, the truth is we just don't have enough people, you know. So somebody can be putting quarters in their gloves, and hopefully the ref catches.
0: Them. Just shut up. He did not say that. He's
2: wow! He's like, dead serious. He said that to us, and we're just like, wow, because we're over here watching his opponent Oscar Perez not have hand wraps on. Four fights in, we're supposed to be the fifth fight. That changed on the card, and we weren't told to the seventh fight, and it changed again to the eighth fight. You know, so it's like they were trying to give this kid time to get his hands wrapped. Hands weren't wrapped, you know. I mean, it, it, it was just insane. I don't know if he's got his hands himself, but it looked like nothing but just, you know, in knuckles with the hand wraps I thought, maybe, hey, I can wrap Jack's hands for a bare knuckle fight. You know, I know Yeah. It
1: doesn't
2: matter. But, you know, eventually he got with the guy that was wrapping hands and got his hands wrapped. So finally. Huh. Hey. I mean, after hearing a comment like that, hey, we're, we, we don't have enough people, Somebody could wait their gloves or whatever. Hopefully, the ref catches it. We're like, man, wow, you know, we're not going to be back here already.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the crazy part. I mean, and that happens, and I've seen that. I've seen that. Like I said, I've I've been there, covered fights from here to California, like New York. Like I've seen every single commission that you could possibly think of, and like, I mean. I, I know some of the ones that work in Florida, for the most part, they're all pretty good. But I know a couple that I'm like, man, you should not be here. Like, this is not a job for you. I don't know why you're here. And some of the older guys are like, I'll be very honest. Some of the older guys are just egotistical, like douchebags. And like, they yeah. don't care. They'll be completely off on their calls. But they would rather kick a fighter out, like suspend, do whatever, than admit that they did something wrong. So, like, I mean... That, that,
2: that's what I've been experiencing all week. You know, for anybody that has actually contacted me from a promotion, yeah, it's ego, man. It's arrogance. It's, oh, well, you know, won't you say something nice about me? The yeah. fuck am I going to say nice, man? I mean, my fighter's opponent must weigh about 16.2 pounds. That yeah. doesn't lead me to believe that there's very much experience with the matchmaking side of things. Yeah. You know, you're not in your game. You know, you're not doing your due diligence to safeguard these fighters. You know, I, I actually received a phone call from the promoter. You know finally because of all the ruckus that i that, that you know i'm making of this yeah. you know just to say, hey man i just want to hear hear your you know from your words you know i'm open to criticism and you know constructive criticism and we're just trying to get better this show yeah. and we had a conversation I, I expressed my concerns to him just to finally ask him and he said well you know we're a new York promotion and i said how many, how many shows have you had and he said this is our first camp show yeah. So in 15 fucking shows, we never had a coach to reply to say, hey man, where's the match? Hey, we got to yeah. warm up on the cruise. No. Case, you know, nothing. There was, you know, you no know, ice was provided. I mean, nothing. Now that, that's heavy shit. Yeah. Now we can bring our own because we actually did bring our own ice. We brought everything of our own. Minus taping guys that's usually, uh, you know, given to you out here in Colorado. And because not everybody everywhere is going to let you use your own taping guys.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: so we, we got that from the tank guy, you know, but outside of that, I mean, it just didn't seem like anything was in place, but they tried to do their best thing to clean it up and make them look good on the live stream.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's one of those things where it's, and I, I say this to, to fighters all the time, I mean. You have to come prepared to cover your own ass. That's all it is. Whether it's you need to have the tapes, the scissors, the wraps, everything. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been there to cover fights and to help out. And the fighters don't even have, like, their own fight shorts. Like, they're waiting for somebody else.
2: At that, You're talking about fight shorts. So, you know, even general equipment the fighters don't have. Yeah. You know, in the back, we were talking about signing off on, on the hand wrap. Yeah. There was nobody to issue the gloves. Yeah. There was nobody to issue the shin guards for the amateurs. They were just all in a big bin for people to go pick, pick and choose what they wanted. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, like you said, such disorganization. I, I haven't seen that shit in a long time. You know, this sport is still brand new. You know, we've been here since the early 90s. You know, so it's, it's 30 fucking years old. And. In twenty years we've grown a lot to become modern MMA. Yeah. Uh, in two thousands there still wasn't a lot of sanctioned body of commissioning authority. You know, so that's grown. But in seventeen years I've never seen such a disorganization. Officials that just absolutely had no idea what the fuck was happening or what was going on. A volunteer base that had no idea what their job was. You know, it, it just it seemed like, hey, fighters are here, okay, do your thing and we'll all you want to time the fight.
0: Yeah. No, it's crazy. And like I said, I've, I've worked with so many amateur like promotions and stuff like that. And the level is, is, is definitely, it's one of those things where at one point or another, there needs to be some serious legal repercussions when you're putting people in that much danger, just so you can make a buck and look good on stream. Cause the problem is, you know, something like this, like what was going on, the conversations that everybody was having online a week from now, no one's going to care anymore. It's going to be like they're, because it's not their world. So they're not worried about it. And promotions that run this haphazardly are going to sit there and just be like, whatever. No one's going to remember. That's why I said people don't even realize anymore that Rise is the one where everyone like where the, the guy pulled out a gun and started shooting, you know, and there's videos where they show that that the venue and the and I don't know if it was someone from the promotion or whatever, literally let the guy that shot off the gun just go. Not to hold them off for the cops to show up. They just let them go, you know, and, and they're covering is, oh, well, we're working with, uh, with officials or whatever. Like, no, man, you're like, you just, you don't let people do that. It, uh, I've never seen a promotion where like, they don't at least check bags of people coming in. The only people that don't get their bags checked is usually the fighters and you yeah. can just walk right in. That wasn't a fighter that was like a spectator so even then like there's just so many gaps on so many levels that need to be just you know just needs to be covered especially down here because it's so easy to get scammed down here i mean there's been so many promotions where the fight was going to go and it got scrapped there's been so many like it's just nuts it's absolutely nuts so jack wins the fight you guys get up there well, what happens after? Like, what was like, uh, was there like any more discussions? Did the promoters talk to you anymore? Like, what's what's been like the, the backlash from everything?
2: Uh, absolutely not. I mean, Jack wins his fight. We hung around for a little bit. We were going to dip out for the moment Jack was done. We wanted to go celebrate, uh, you know, and have some fun. But I mean, it was such <laughs> a shit show where, you know, Jack dislocated his shoulder in the fight. You know, it just pulled out. You know, he, he's healthy, he's good. But, I mean, it pulled out So to, it took the medical staff about an hour to get it back in. But, you know, that was a plus. They were doing their job. They were trying to take care of them. It just kept slipping back out, yeah. and the process was resetting it. You know, uh, but unfortunately, it just took a little while. So, you know, watching the rest of the show, me, Coach Allen, you know, we're sitting there helping out other pros in the back. They brought in pros for their tournament sudden death. Uh, there were pros that didn't have anybody helping them with anything. I mean, you know, they didn't have a coach, didn't have a corner, flew in. You know, didn't have nobody to wrap their hands. So, I mean, that's whenever I met some of the Florida Boxing Commission because I wrapped one of the fighters' hands up. Uh, I can't remember his name. The kid's name was Austin or Ashton or something like that. You know, and I actually coached him corner to him. He flew out with a couple of friends that, you know, just didn't know what they were doing because we didn't have coaches come with him. So, you know, we, we still helped out. You know, in the process of this, you know, take gallons out in the, in the crowd. We don't know the rules about, you know, Florida officials down there who's part of the boxing commission, these different amateur uh, organizations that are in charge of the amateurs. We don't know what the case is. But Alan looks over because hard drive's done for the night. You know, he's changed out of his tight shirt, even though he didn't have to. And, you know, he decides to get himself a drink. And are the same official that ran the way in, walked us to the, the warm-up room in the back, and was checking fighters, actually, he's the, the same official that checked Jack, you know, before he walked into the cage. Make sure he was greased correctly, mouthpieced, you know, he's got his groin protection. Official sitting there with an official shirt on is drinking. No. And we were kind of blown away by that. Now, if your job's done for the night, why not just change out of your official shirt that says Florida official or, or boxing commission? Right. So, I mean, we don't know. I, I actually went back and forth on social media with this official's wife. Now, oh. The funny thing is, I didn't tag him. I didn't tag the promotion. I didn't tag the matchmaker. I didn't tag the promoter. I didn't tag anybody. I said our experience, but I've got just enough of a following for everybody to know where the fuck I was at. Yeah. And so whenever I mention this official drinking... His wife started blowing up my social stuff. And I said, Look, I said, I never even tagged your guy. Yeah. I said, But you just gave it away because you're blowing up my shit. People can put a, put a last name together. Yeah. So, you know, Coach Allen calls it a dry snitch. She flat out dry snitched. Like, yeah. You know, and I mean, the funny thing is, is she wants to vouch for him. Oh, he was off the clock. Hey, that's fine and dandy. Pour your fucking official shit off. Yeah. You know, perception, man. Perception. They, they, they say that, you know, a scene is bleeding, but I tell people perception is deception. You never know
0: yeah i mean that's something that's easily like like verified i mean if he sat there and he did any other fights the rest of the night you can sit there and say well he's right there on stream and we we saw him drinking at whatever time it was so that's that's one of those things like i i can't even sit there and say it but it's man if that's what saw then like I, I don't know otherwise. I don't know if the official was was going to referee again or not. But, I mean, if he's drinking, yeah, he's definitely not supposed to. I mean, for you know, more-
2: you, know, you know, the thing is, I believe there's only four, or I don't even think four, maybe maybe three or four pro fights on the card, the rest were amateur. Mm-hmm. Jack was set to be the fifth. it turned into the eighth fight. And I know at the eighth fight, he was the official checking Jack before he walked into the cage. I know probably about 20, 30 minutes after that, when Jack was waiting to get his shoulder fixed. He had to go to the bathroom. He's seen the same official drinking, witnessed it himself. You know, this is 20 or 30 minutes later on a slow working promotion. So I don't believe he was exactly off the clock. Uh, I believe they were trying to backpedal to cover his act. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's just no way of knowing. I don't, I mean, hell, the, the official fight card not even posted online. You know, we we're talking about a cash way with the Rams. It became accurate, exactly I guess, because that's how they filed it with the commission. It's how they filed it through Tapology. You know, they didn't even file the official card. I'm just sure Jack probably reached out to say, "Hey, guys, you're gonna post my information." Yeah. So then a You know, so I mean, it was, it was just everything is fucking crazy. And seeing the official drinking there towards the end of it, it's like, man, wow, this is uh, at this point not really surprising.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the rule is for for like florida officials whether or not it's i mean it's always my understanding if you're on the job if you're there representing you're not allowed to drink i I mean i don't know like what company would let you sit there unless you're working for sam adams you're not going to be allowed to drink like while you're working so that that to me just sounds like sketchy to begin with that's something like i have to do the research on and see what the deal is i mean that's an easy couple of phone calls for me but then The fact that they're not even registering during the fights, it's kind of like whatever. That that shows to me that if they're not posting up the information, that's not a real organization. Because now you...
2: They're just trying to cover something. And, you know, back to the official... I don't know the rules out there either Uh, yeah uh, i I wouldn't have even known his name or tagged his name if if his wife wouldn't commented on my social media stuff uh, trying to tell me oh this is slander and i had to inform her that slander is when you put a name towards an accusation uh you know and i never did you know and the thing is is maybe he's off the pod maybe he wasn't but they didn't promote themselves by actually putting good information out there yeah. All they gave about, you know, at the end of the day, is the promoter, you know, hey, let's try to get family in the stands. You know, I mean, uh, I'm not going to sit him talk about his fan base. It really wasn't all that great. You know, I'm sure they want everybody to believe there was thousands of people there, much like the promotion you said, playing the, the crowd notes in the background. Yeah. I mean, there was a amount of people there for such a striking type of, you know, promotion. But it was, it, was, it was insane for us. I mean, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I... Until I know and it's proven that there is any type of proof that they've gotten better and they're putting fighter safety first, we'll never be a part of it again.
0: Yeah, no, and I, it's funny because um, after I reached out to you to talk about everything, I was talking to somebody else and they're telling me, like, oh, yeah, I would never fight for them ever again. Like, that somebody that else that's fought for them, like, I will never fight for them ever again. So yeah. it's a I, – I don't know that many organizations where – Fighters are just repeatedly just saying nope, not doing that again, not doing that again. And I mean, there's a lot of like I said, crappy promotions, like yeah. and people are just like nope, not doing that. Like that's that's when you start telling like yourself like oh, like we see like how they're handling everything. And I mean, I've seen some of the people that are running an organization like uh, on Rise, and I'm not gonna like mention any names, but I know that there's a couple of people on there that have nothing to do, have never been to any of like done any kind of fight where they're just they're putting in their money they're just trying to look like they're they're like oh yeah well i put fights on too like no no and, and,
2: it, and that's that's why i've only mentioned one name throughout this whole podcast kate and that's because I, I do feel bad for that young lady mm-hmm. you know it, it, it seems like she's put in a position to not really know anything about what she should be doing but seemed like she was trying to help. yeah you know I mean, I'll, I'll give her that credit but there's really nobody else on, on the promotion that I can speak too highly of that, I and mean, one of the volunteers in the back, that's it. Yeah. Everybody else seemed like, you know, eagle was their thing, they wanted to show, hey, I'm, I'm this great person, you know, uh, you know, you're up, up to the stream, the commentating, I mean, just everything. It, it was amateur, and that's even amateur at best, and that's because we thought it was more silly than anything, you know, was, hey, outside of all the, the, the fuck-ups to the fighter safety, you yeah. know, everything. Well, I mean,
0: I've, I mean, I've even seen the text messages where I think it was the uh, uh, the matchmaker calling the fighters, like, stupid and, like, basically setting them up to to fail. I think it was, like, another catchweight issue and stuff like that. So that's something that really needs to be, like, investigated on. Because if you have, like, your own, like, matchmakers setting up fighters to get injured like that or possibly get injured, that's sketchy. That's, that's where you got to draw the line. That's where, like, it's... The downside of, of, which I'm sure happens all over the place, but the downside down here is that there's a lot of schools that try and draw the line. They kind of do that old, old school, like, kung fu movie. Like, no, they're our enemy. You can't talk to them. It's like when yeah. it comes to, like, the fight promotion stuff, man, Everybody's kind of has to, like, band together and make sure that whether we're from opposing schools, like, our students are separated. They, they still need to be taken care of, whether it's your guys or my guys.
2: Well, and, and that's why I mentioned his opponent not having hand wraps, not having a coach or corner there. I, I don't know what gym he belongs to. I know what gym they announced about him. Yeah. You know, the thing is, whenever I'm there, my my, my first thing is my fighter. My yeah. fighter's safety, my fighter's health. You know, and then it's, hey, what else is going on? You know, because we're always happy to help. We're always happy to lend a hand. We're always happy to, I mean, hell, you know, there, there, there's been past promotions that I dealt with that just weren't great. Well, I wrapped in opponent's hands because he didn't have anybody wrap his hands against one of my guys. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it's like, you know, even whenever Oscar didn't have somebody to wrap his hands, I nearly offered to, but I was so irritated with the fact he couldn't attempt to be professional and try to make weight, but I was like, no, you know, he's on his own. Yeah. You know, at, at that point, you know, I mean, you know, you were mentioning a, a matchmaker's text messages and things like that. I mean, it was... I, i was going to backtrack to Williams just real fast, because the only thing that was said to us at Williams, whenever there's that discrepancy in the weight, was we did have somebody, and I can't remember who, walk up and say, well, you know, does he want a 155-pound kickboxing bout instead? So they tried to change the match type on us, you know, or offered us that. Yeah. And we just said, no, we were happy to take this fight. You know, we were pissed off the weight difference. Uh, We're happy to take this fight because this is what we prepared for. We already knew how we were going to go in, how we were going to fight, how we were going to win.
1: Yeah.
0: As a coach, where would you draw the line? Like, because it sounded like there's so many things that happen. Like, where do you draw the line where, regardless of what Jack would have said, that you would have been like, no, this fight's not happening. You're not going to do it.
2: No that that's a great question and it's a hard question because generally I draw the line with that type of weight you know mismatch. you know it, it's it, it seems like somebody severely dropped the ball there either told that kid, hey, don't worry about weight too much, this kid'll fight or you know asked us to take the fight at braville i I probably draw the line you know if the kid shows up not looking clear headed you know on drugs, dope drinking, anything like that if the promotion is I mean it, it, it was such a you know, just switch, though, the best way to say it, is I draw the line as far as ever competing for promotion like that again, just based off of the, the littlest thing, not even having max. You know, that's putting my fighter at risk. Yeah. I'm putting fighters at risk of injuring themselves, trying to get ready to go put on a show for you as a promoter. You know, I draw the line, you know, yeah, the littlest things, whenever I know it comes down to fighter safety and health. You know, and that's because I was a fighter for a long time. I uh, came out of retirement to, to box at 40, I was you about. And, I mean, if I feel like I'm ever put in a position to really risk my safety and health, man, I'll pull myself out of something. And I have that old hard-headed, hard-charging Marine, you know, that just feels like I can run through anything. Yeah. Like, not the way you lead by example. You lead by, example by putting your foot down, saying, you know what, enough is enough of this type of shit. I, I had people reach out to me, like I said, in advance before I went before to Florida, say, man, watch out for this promotion. And that's why we grabbed moving blankets. And, like I said, again, I'm glad we did just so we had something to provide for Jackie and him like that. But it's not a matter of, you know, the particulars of do you have mats? Did you provide ice? Do you got water? You know, it's a matter of a promotion, a promoter, a matchmaker, an organization at all not looking at, you know, a fighter's safety and saying, you know what, we got to more or less bubble wrap these guys until they get into the cage
1: yeah you
2: know we take care of these guys and make sure that they're they're you know just in the best shape they possibly can be for what they agreed to you know one of our fighters and coaches agree to anything and you've covered a lot of fights you've cornered fighters one of the fighters and coaches agree to anything they do their best generally to try and honor what they agreed to and we out here my team v training we absolutely will because i hold a high standard i expect the best from my guys and we're never going to show up and be unprofessional like that but i've never like i said in the last 17 years dealt with such disorganization such a risk towards uh fighters safety and health such a, a concern about you know who can get hurt who can you know whatever officials drinking i mean it, it was just it, it was crazy, you know yeah. and something like that i'll absolutely never entertain again I spoke with the promoter, he gave me a phone call, he said, hey man, you guys are welcome back a thousand times over. I want to hear the concept of criticism myself. You know, that's why I called you. Only for me to hear him say that we've done it 15 times. 15 fucking times. Yeah. That blows my mind. It's 15 times, how do you not get together? I used to be a co-owner of a promotion. The only promotion that ever put on an event at the Olympic Training Center. And you know, I was co-owner of that, I was the matchmaker of that, uh, and at that point, whenever I took on those duties, I took on that responsibility. My number one priority is fighter safety. Yeah. Let's get where they need to be. Let's make sure they're in fair matchups, not completely lopsided matchups, which is another one. You know, on their, uh, a kid that they eight no against a kicking one and one. You know, I mean, it, it was just, we'll never entertain that again. You know, if I don't know a little bit more about a promotion, that's where I draw the line. If I don't know they can give me a and so take care of their fighting, that's where I draw the line.
0: So uh, then again, I guess to to reword it from your experience as a coach. It doesn't have to be your student. Um what would you tell, you know, someone who's oh no taking their first fight? Like what would you tell them? Like should they Cause that's, I guess that's the hard part really for you, right? Do you go with the, like the Marine mentality, like whatever, we'll take on anybody at any time. Or do you sit there and tell the guy, listen, it's your first fight, you know, you're going to have to deal with some BS here and there, take the fight. Or do you say, no, you have to be super strict. It's got to be on weight. Make sure all your, like your ducks in a row, you have this, that, and the other, like what, like, what do you tell these guys?
2: Well, it depends. I mean, if it's my fighter and he's going, oh, then I tell him, you train, we're going to make sure you're ready to fight. And then I take care of the rest. It's not his job to be concerned with the bullshit. It's my job. You know, uh, if it's an independent fighter that's O and O, and I encounter him in the back, warming up for anything like that, you know, I'm, I'm going to offer the best advice I can about what to watch for, how, you know, how to prepare. But, you know, it's, it's hard to offer anybody some information that you don't know about them. You know, right. if they're a good fighter, if they trained, if they kept, if they did anything. You know, the, the the problem with, you know, doing anything like that, it's like if I had an O and O fighter reach out to me and say. Hey, for instance, Rise FC, you know, reached out to me to see if I want to fight and I really want to fight. Then I would tell them, you know, the pros and cons of everything, everything I've experienced. And there wasn't a lot of pros, you know, and I'm going to say, watch your ass, watch yourself, you know. Talk to coaches or gyms in your area, have them look into it. Do your own diligence if they ask you a, a fighter that's 1-0, 0-1, and, and, and 0 You know, do your own work. do your own homework. And that's because in this business, you know, it's a special type of business you know unfortunately uh, combat sports and everybody needs to a record pad and sandbag with their fighters so that they can build them up and that's something else i just don't believe in you know matchmakers do you know progressive matchmaking meaning hey i'm going to give you a fair fight styles make matchups let's get on let, let, let put on a good show yeah you know it's, it's just you know that, that's a great question hard to answer you know i i would say if you're coming to me alexis right now and said man i've never fought before i'm excited to fight you know, can you offer any advice? And I'd say, well, I hope you train. I hope you put in the time. I, I, I hope you have some form of background in most arts because, you know, 99% of fighters who get in there even say the first time have some type of background. And then I would say, take care of yourself. Watch out for yourself. If something feels wrong, don't be afraid to leave right then in a and then say, no, I'm not doing this.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good advice. It's one of those things that... It's very difficult being like hungry, like young and and wanting to to do this, especially if you want to do this for a living. Let alone if you just want to test yourself to sit there and say, let go of your ego and really think through it. Is it worth that that risk on somebody? It's like, oh yeah, well, it's just the guy is like four and one, but you know he hasn't fought in like a couple of years, kind of thing. Like, there's there's so many different factors you have to consider because, like you said, a lot of people, a lot of promoters will will. Even push the sandbaggers. He's like, Oh, I'll give you a guy who's and o, Like, oh,
2: yeah, but it, it's yeah. just a food system. And, but, and that, that's what pissed me off about the matchup that I called out with the matchmaker. Went back and forth with him on his, his lopsided match as an 8 and 0 guy against a 1 and 1. And he said, Oh, but it's, it's not all MMA. You know, it's yeah. really only 3 and 0 or 4 and 0 or whatever he called it. And I said, You still think that's a fair matchup? And I said, Look, I said, You guys. And I sent him a screenshot. Of their own picture on the rise, I've seen. I said, "You guys recognize this guy as your amateur fighter of the year," and on your poster, you put six and zero, four four finishes, yeah. ticket, all MMA. So how are you going to say this kid is not what what he's claiming here? Yeah, you know, he just told me he's three and zero, but you guys promoted this as hey six and zero. You know, he's a badass kid. And you know what? Both of those kids in that fight, I'm not naming them. But they both got a high ceiling. You know, they put on a pretty decent fight. It ended in the first round, unfortunately, by a But, I mean, they were gamers, you know. So, yeah, uh, yeah honestly, I think my 135-pounder out here destroys both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's the, the coach. Some, yeah. yeah I, I'm on that. I mean, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got some kids that train hard, and, and they follow my lead, man.
0: So, yeah, but, no, you're right. Because, like you said, there's guys that they'll push you. Oh, he's 0 o, but then he's like, he's 0-0 in MMA. He might be yeah. like twenty-five and one in kickboxing. They're just not going to tell you his kickboxing record. I mean, that's what um, what's his face did? Um, holy crap! He fought for IKF. The guy had like a hundred fights in IKF, but they were feeding yeah. him guys that were like zero and one. It's like okay. so. It's like come on. Of course he's going to be your ten-year champion when you're giving him like all amateurs and stuff. Like that's an easy yeah, cakewalk.
2: Feed him every, everybody that doesn't have any experience. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why that's why you know what I offered a moment ago is I would tell an old o guy independent say man do your own diligence yeah do your own homework because I mean it's 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 not that hard if anybody is competitive it's not that hard if anybody has competed before to find something yeah it doesn't have to be Facebook social media Instagram anything like that it doesn't even have to be Google if you have the right avenues to go through you can find information you know and and in this industry this sport. You have to do that, and that's because you got shady matches out there willing to put you in a lopsided fight just to pad their boy. Yeah, you got no bad promoters out there that're willing to, you know, promise you fucking rainbows, you know, just to blow bullshit up your ass. Yeah, and I mean, it's just people need, you know, somebody that's been down that road just to say, man, I'm not gonna let that happen. Jack immediately afterwards, he's like, "Coach," and I said, "Jack, you're never fighting out here again. You're never <laughs> fighting for this promotion."
1: Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, it was what it was. And you know, he was just excited he got the win. You know, 55 seconds, finished the guy. You know, with a three-four fucking guillotine. You know, uh, in there, and I mean, it, it was impressive on his side with the dislocated shoulder. But you know, that that, that was the pros of us. You know, we had a good yeah. medical. Treatment. We went out there, we made more like professionals, and we won the fight. That was the pros.
0: Yeah, that's all that matters, man. At the end of the day, you know, you still came in and did your job regardless of the obstacles thrown at you, That's and that's being a professional. Absolutely. Now, Coach, I know you got to get going. you got your own stuff to do. I want to say thank you again for taking the time. Um, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, what's the best way to do it?
2: Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Coach Earwood. You know, just like it sounds, Earwood. Yeah. I gotta tell people that. Otherwise, they think I say crazy other shit. Um, Look, <laughs> I got a coach, Dash, Vern Irwood. They can request me. I don't care. You know, they they can stalk me. I don't give a shit. You know, I, my job as a coach is to make enemies. My fighter's job is to, to impress the fans and put on great fights. You know, I, I've got a coach's page on there that is just Coach Vern Earwood. Uh, You know, outside of that, I don't I don't do much point that. I don't do Twitter. I don't. You don't do Snapchat. I don't do all this crazy (laughs) shit. You're not missing
0: out on anything.
2: I feel like, you know, I tried Snapchat one time. I was just trying to get my fighters when they didn't show up for training. Then they all blocked me. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you know I mean? People are happy. You know, I'm happy to have people follow me. At the end of the day, man, I show up every day so I can put my guys to the work that they need so they can go out there and put on a great fight. You know, my job is to build champions and to take care of my guys. You know, my, I, I've got some good female fighters, good, you know, good male fighters, and, you know, I'm just extremely happy with Coach. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do, but, you know, it's my job to, to piss off the world whenever things aren't right so that they don't catch all the backlash. I don't give a shit.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, make sure you follow uh, Coach Vern. I'll uh, I'll be posting the the links up on the description of the video and then, uh, in the uh – the podcast and everything. Coach, thank you again for taking it. I'll let you know if I end up uh, going out to Colorado in a couple of months, for sure I'll come in and get some training. And yeah, uh, anytime, if you decide to come back to Florida, let me know.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today. I appreciate being on your show. It was a great time. I'm glad I got to say my piece out there. Again, that's, that's my job. Piss off the whole world. Yeah, care.
0: listen, this is the best place to do it. You, for once, it's not me doing it. So you yeah, always you yeah. always got an open door here. Anytime you want to come in, just hit me up.
2: Absolutely. I'm happy to take the heat off you, like See you yeah. have a good day.
0: Appreciate it. Take care, Coach. Thank you. All right, there you go, guys. Big thank you to uh Coach Earwood for for coming onto the podcast and filling it in. I have a feeling that this is going to um this is gonna go And kind of ruffle some feathers and as it should as it should um this is not something that any fighter whether it's pro or amateur should ever have to deal with and this is one of those things that you know i've dealt with so many promoters whether it's music or it's fighting i have dealt with promoters from all over the place and at one point or another you guys as fighters and as coaches need to really kind of put your foot down man you can't sit there and let people take advantage of you because at the end of the day they might say oh well we don't make a lot of money on this but they're making money on it and you can't afford to let somebody else use you so they can make money and tell you oh well you'll get good experience that's that's a bs argument to make you know everything you do especially if you want to be a professional fighter you know if you want to be a professional fighter you got to remember that your body is your moneymaker. So you have to look at every possible um, contingency or angle of what could risk you making this your profession. If you want to be a professional fighter, it doesn't matter if it's jujitsu, it doesn't matter if it's MMA, if it's boxing, kickboxing, whatever it is, you, you have to put it in the, the effort. You have to put in the extra effort. And yes, there's going to be times where you have to, you know, you're going to have to bite the bullet. Not every promotion is going to have mats and stuff like that. Do you want them to? Absolutely. But like I said, there's people that have, you know, they have the smoke shows like for kickboxing where it's just kind of show up and, you know, whoever shows up, shows up. It's, you know, it's not 1985 anymore. We're not fighting in back rooms. You might sit there and go do fights at you know places like renegades or some backroom bar that just wants to have tuesday night fights kind of thing yeah it's gonna happen but you have to be uh, aware of the situation that you're putting yourself in you know uh, i think the other angle you have to look at it too is you're an amateur so you're nobody don't come in with an ego nobody wants to work it with a bad time it's not going to help your career if you really want to make a career out of it but you also don't have to take like bs because guess what if this fight promotion is giving you crap there's thousands of other ones that might be way better that treat their amateurs properly that treat their their fighters you know uh well and take care of them not everybody does that you're just another body to them because if you don't fight somebody else will taking a 16 pound difference that's not right that's not right and like i said i've had to corner a fighter that had to fight someone with a 10 pound difference and the promoter promised me, the promoter promised me that the other fighter was going to meet that weight the next day, that they're going to be like that 10-pound difference. They're not going to go more than that. That wasn't the case. It was too late. We had to take the fight. You know, my fighter didn't want to pass that up. Didn't, she just didn't want to pass up that opportunity. She needed the money. It was all for 250 bucks. 250 bucks and she put herself at risk and guess what it was supposed to be a kickboxing match it ended up becoming a uh almost like an mma match because all the girl kept doing was pinning her up against the fence and then throwing her to the ground or whatever this girl never trained any grappling she only did kickboxing and muay thai so there was no you know she lost the fight she still made the 250 but she lost the fight because the referees didn't follow the the agreed bout uh you know, rules of engagement that it was supposed to be just a kickboxing match. The promoter allowed someone to be unprofessional and the fighter didn't want to sit there and and couldn't afford to not take that fight. She needed the 250 bucks. It it happens. That stuff happens. But none of this changes until the fighters push for it, the coaches uh, push for it, and the commission stops being lazy about it. That's my issue too. The commission's job should not just be making sure that the fighters are taken care of during the fight. Because at the end of the day, what it really should be is that it should be a standard procedure of, this is what you need to provide the fighters coming into the fight, this is what you need to provide the fighters for the fight, and this is what you need to provide the fighters post-fight. Whether it's the medical, the insurance, this, that, and the other. You know, if you're going to push the fighters to go get medicals, they got to do this, that and the other all out of pocket. They got to get licensed that then it's up to the commission to take care of everything else. Otherwise, what's the point? There's no point in fighting for a fighters union. There's no point in fighting for, excuse me, better promotions and stuff like that. If we allow commissioners to be lazy. Now, I don't know any of the facts about whether that official was actually drinking what they were drinking, who it was. I don't know why any of that. So I'm not making any accusations whatsoever. I'm going to be doing my own research on it for sure. But you have to take into consideration you know, what the issue is. You have to take into consideration every aspect of it. So if you're trying to be uh, a professional fighter and you want to go through the amateur fighter like I said doesn't matter if it's jiu-jitsu doesn't matter if it's MMA boxing whatever you have to pay attention to these details and then you have to say to yourself is this really what I want to do because this is the stuff you're gonna to have to deal with I can guarantee you I can ask every single professional fighter that I know if they've had to deal with stuff like that, and every single one will say, "Yep, I've had to do those backroom brawls. I've had to do the ones where, like, you know, you had to train, you had to warm up in the, in the parking lot on gravel and stuff like that, and slip, or in the parking garage." I had 100%, 100%. I can guarantee you that's the case. Doesn't mean it has to be like that in the future. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you all. I hope you, everyone, has. A great new year this is the first episode of the year uh, i can't wait to show you all all the stuff that i've been working on check out Sonder marketing that's my company everything that i got going on there i'll be working with uh pillow fighting championships this weekend i'm looking forward to that possibly going back out to triad combat in uh in february not sure yet but either way i appreciate you guys for all the support make sure you follow us on social media at Jiu-Jitsu radio on instagram and now on TikTok and the youtube so if you like the channel go ahead hit the subscribe button appreciate you guys see you on the mats that was dorky but i'm keeping it on there see you guys What's up everybody Alex here and I just want to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast and if this is your first time here and you'd like to support the podcast hit the little notification bell below and the subscribe button it's one click for you but it's actually a big help to us to keep the podcast growing which is all that we want to do is keep on providing you with some amazing jujitsu content grappling content and just keep you guys laughing and having fun. With that being said, this podcast is brought to you by all of our awesome sponsors. Check out Chocaloha. Go to chocaloha.com and use the promo code Jiu-Jitsu Radio at checkout to get 20% off some of the best gear in JUJITSU. Whether you're looking for patches, hats, t shirts, stickers you name it they got it and you'll get it all at a great discount so it doesn't matter if it's brand new or on sale you will still get the full 20 percent discount at checkout when you use the promo code jujitsu radio also don't forget that just because your jujitsu stinks doesn't mean that you have to go to jujitsu use the promo code jj radio at checkout and you'll get 15% off all of their soaps, their entire line. It doesn't matter what you buy, your entire cart will get 15% off. Hygiene is number 1, so don't forget to check out all the accessories, all the other stuff that they have for whether it's bath bombs or anything for your ghee. They have some amazing products and you'll get it at an awesome price when you use the promo code JJradio at checkout. Finally, have you been watching all these pros compete and wonder Damn, where do they get all these custom patches put and heat pressed onto their gis? You can't find the right company, or maybe you thought you found a company and they ended up just leaving you hanging. Well, it doesn't happen with AJG Fight. Go to Instagram or Facebook, look up AJG Fight, and you will get the best prices, the best quality on customized heat transfer patches for your competition geese. Whether you want it on your gi, on your rash guard, your fight shorts, you name it, they can do it. Hit them up, let them know we sent you, you'll get taken care of. It's a small mom and pop run our organization, so when you support them, you're supporting jiu-jitsu from the ground up. AJG Fight on Instagram and on Facebook. Now, with that being said, one last thing, please don't forget to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, visit jiu to get all the latest stuff of everything that we're working on. Also, don't forget to check me out on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv karajitsu and join me for some amazing gaming. We go anything from Modern Warfare to Sea of Thieves to even some Mario, Kaizo Mario. For those of you that know, if you don't, check it out. I also go on there to do some fight breakdowns, some grappling breakdowns. People have been sending me their matches for us to break down live on, uh, on the stream. So if you got those videos, send them my way. I'd love to stream it. And, uh, and check it out live on the air with you guys.